0: Hello, Christian Singles. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Single Plus. Hope y'all are doing well, if you're not following the podcast, go ahead and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you are listening to. And if you're looking for Christian community, I highly recommend the Christian Singles Hub. For more information, go to thechristiansingleshub.com. You can get on the mailing list which will alert you of upcoming in-person retreats online events and how to be a hub insider to get even more exclusive community but you're more than welcome to join the Facebook group you can definitely search the Christian Singles Hub on Facebook where we have probably right up to 6,000 members getting close to that 6,000 number so if you're looking for a space so that you don't feel as alone on your single journey we are here for you so let's get into today's episode. to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all had a great weekend. I took a break from last week's episode due to travel, and I definitely needed the time to catch up on work as well as rest. So we are back with another episode for this week. Again, if you're not following Single Plus, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can definitely follow Single Plus on Instagram. That's at my single plus as well as the blog and website, mysingleplus.com. As I was thinking of today's episode, I think I'm going to be coming from the book of Ruth. And you all know that I use Proverbs 31 Ministries to aid me in my Bible study time. There are definitely times where the Holy Spirit leads me to other parts of Scripture. But for me, sometimes I have to follow a plan. Sometimes that's just how my brain works. So... Recently, we have gotten into the book of Ruth. So we've been taking verses, um, probably a few verses at a time. And this morning, we just completed chapter one. So I think the study is going to be over the course of six weeks, I think. So we're definitely taking it um, a few verses at a time since there aren't that many chapters in Ruth to begin with. So you're definitely more than welcome to check out that study with Proverbs 31 Ministries. Again, the First 5 app is free to download you can create a free account and get in on the bible study but for today's episode i think i'm going to call this when you feel like naomi and i'm probably going to do a follow-up blog post on the christian singles hub talking about this same topic as well but if you're not familiar with the story of Ruth, typically we do as singles. I think it's pretty popular in the church culture because we talk about you know Ruth being found by Boaz and a lot of women say, I'm waiting for my Boaz or I'm waiting to be found or I'm in the field working just like Ruth was. Or if you're a man listening, you may be thinking, or maybe you've heard you know Boaz looking for Ruth and how he sought her, how he wasn't necessarily looking for her, but she caught his eye with how she carried herself. He had heard what she did for Naomi and you know, coming to a new place, leaving her hometown to take care of Naomi, Boaz noticed that about her. But I'm not coming from the perspective of Ruth and I'm not coming from the perspective of Boaz because those two, again, they're pretty popular when you hear uh, this story discussed. But not everybody talks a lot about Naomi. And what's interesting about Naomi is, one, Naomi and her family before her husband passed, even before her sons passed. Ruth must have saw something in her to make her decide, I want to go with you. Cuz as we read the story in chapter 1, Naomi tells both of them, Ruth as well as the other daughter-in-law Orpa, y'all go back. I mean, unfortunately she lost her husband and then 10 years later when her sons get married, you know, they're married it, it, from how it depicts in the Bible, after um, Naomi's husband dies, Elimelech, the, the sons get married, Mal- Malone and Killian, if I'm pronouncing that right. But they stayed in Moab even after um, Elimelech had passed. And so the sons take on Moabite wives and they live there for about 10 years. That's in verse four of Ruth chapter one. So we're talking about 10 years of Ruth being married to one of Naomi's sons. And in that 10-year span, even though Naomi was a widow, I wonder what did Ruth witness? What did she see? And what was so powerful about Naomi's life that Ruth, even when her own husband died and it was time for Naomi to return, Ruth saw enough of God in her to where she said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And if anything but death separates me from you, you know, may God... Hold me accountable to that because I'm not going anywhere. But the verses that I want to deal with really come from Ruth chapter one, starting in verse 19, because those were the verses that we dealt with today in the study, verses 19 through 22. So verse 19, so the two of them went on, and this is the English standard version. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? is verse 20 and 21, because whether you admit it or not, and maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone that you know that is going through this exact same thing. Naomi, as you can hear from these verses, is bitter. And according to the further, um, according to study in terms of names, Naomi meant pleasant, while as Mara meant bitter. And It's justified that Naomi should feel bitter because one, she loses her husband. In the beginning of chapter one, the reason that they left Bethlehem because there was famine. And it's interesting that even though there was a famine going on, it doesn't say that God told Elimelech to move his family. They just moved. So it's not like this was a Joseph situation in the the New Testament where an angel warned Joseph in his dream and said, you know, take the child and his mother or Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife or, you know, Joseph, you know, take him here. It's not like the Bible tells us that God warned Elimelech to leave. So this could be a possible scenario of, you know, when you see chaos going on around you, we go based off our, our own instincts and we decide to make a decision and we leave and God didn't necessarily tell us to leave. So that was one observation that I had. And again, I don't know the nuances of it, but God is very clear in his word when he would tell his people go here or stay here. But in this particular case, we don't see that Elimelech sought the Lord and said, okay, God, there's famine going on. You know, people are hungry. What do you want me to do? It doesn't say that he sought the Lord. So he moves his wife, Naomi, and their two sons, and they go to Moab. And Moab, as we know, really stemmed from Lot's two daughters after they got their dad drunk and there was incest. So Moab is a descendant of the sin that took place right after Lot and his daughters escaped. So now, we're, so now they're in a country that is known for sin, that is known for worshiping false gods, known for making sacrifices to gods. And so now they're living in this area and Elimelech dies. So now Naomi is dealing with the loss of her husband, but she still has her boys. So her boys, who knows how old they were, but clearly they were old enough to get married because they take Moabite wives, which is something that God did not want them to do in terms of intermarrying with other cultures because of the fact that you know you don't want to be intermarried with someone that it does not have the same faith that's not honoring God. We know it in our church culture and, of course, as the New Testament calls it, being unequally yoked. But in this case, they did it anyway, and they were both married to these Moabite women. So that, those marriages lasted 10 years before Milan and Killian died. So now Naomi is dealing with that. So now that she's back... Ruth has chosen to go with her. Like I said, Ruth must have seen something in those 10 years between her husband and her mother-in-law. She must have seen and witnessed things in those 10 years of marriage that resonated with her, that touched her heart to where she's like, you know what, maybe my way of living isn't the right way. Maybe how I was raised as a Moabite, maybe this isn't the right way. There's something about this God of Israel that they're talking about. There's something about this God that feels different. I'm having a new experience here. And it was enough of a testimony despite Naomi being a widow and then further on, you know, losing both her sons. Ruth clung to her, as the Bible says. But Naomi, who is the focal point of this, she's still dealing with pain. She's still dealing with loss and she's going through a lot of grief. And I'm all for admitting, you know, God, this hurt God, this bothers me. So how I'm coming at it with this episode You may not again, some of us may never admit it, but I think a lot of Christian singles, if they're not careful, they're going to find themselves in this place of bitterness like Naomi found herself. Because if you look in verse uh, 21, she says, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Now, we know the story of Ruth. We've heard it talked about enough. We've heard it preached enough. Naomi didn't come back empty. That's what she thought. But she did not know that God was going to use Ruth. And Boaz, their marriage, as a way of to continue on the family line. Boaz being the kinsman redeemer. He wasn't the closest, but once everything works out, he ends up being the next in line to marry Ruth and redeem the household for Elimelech. So Naomi is saying, I left full and I'm coming back empty. She doesn't know what God has placed on the inside of Ruth, her daughter-in-law. She has no idea what's to come. She has no idea that, again, that God is going to use her daughter-in-law in the family to give birth to Obed, who gave birth to Jesse. And then Jesse, who is the father of David, David, who becomes king of Israel. And of course, we know that Jesus comes through the line of David generations later. So Naomi has no clue of the part that she's playing in this because she's bitter. And again, it's justified. She's lost her husband, who I'm sure was the love of her life, who knows how long they were married, the years that they spent together, the conversations they had, the intimacy that was built, and just the journey that they took together. Who knows the conversation that they had before they went to Bethlehem? I don't know how that went down. He's like, Naomi, things are bad here. We got to take the boys and we got to go. We got to do something. The trust that she had in him to go as her husband, the respect that she had for him, the love that she had for him. And so to lose him like that, and then on top of that, her boys. So she has no legacy. (laughs) That's the thing. She feels like she's lost not just her marriage, but also the legacy that was given to her through her sons, her sons who would have carried on the name of her husband. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And it's not like her sons had children with Orpah and Ruth. So she's childless and she has no grandchildren. She has no husband. So she's justified in saying, I've, I came, I, I left full. I left with my husband. I left with my sons. And now I'm coming back empty handed. At least that's what she thinks. So in singleness, a lot of Christian singles feel like I have nothing. And Naomi felt that way. I have nothing. A lot of Christian singles feel that without a spouse, without a relationship, without the promise of a relationship, there are no prospects for me. No one is asking me out. Or, or maybe you're the man listening and you're like, you know, I'm trying to pursue, but women keep putting me in the you know, friend zone. They're not taking me seriously. They're going for these other types of guys and I'm considered second best, or at least that's what you may be telling yourself. And you may find, if you're not careful, these feelings of bitterness, these feelings of anger, these feelings of resentment like, God, why aren't you doing this for me? Or, God, why are you doing this to me? And I remember when we did the eight week dating workshop with the Christian Singles Hub, my talk was on cuffing season and basically how to avoid settling. And one of the things, and one of the questions that I posed to the group that night was, Are you angry? Are you angry? Are you angry at God? And a lot of us don't want to say that because we don't want to admit that our faith is being shaken in this area. We don't want to admit, no, I can't be mad at God. But I want you to know that you can ask questions of God without questioning God, meaning you can ask God why, you can ask God how come, you can ask God what is going on without questioning his character, without questioning who he is, without questioning his sovereignty. You can be honest with God, absolutely. And it can come from a sincere and genuine place without you questioning you know, him in the totality of who he is. And you're starting to doubt, you know, well, maybe God can't do it or maybe my faith is a lost cause. You can ask questions of God without it going too far. But a lot of us sometimes feel like we don't have the freedom to do that because of what we've heard over the years. We've gotten caught up in religion and maybe you heard things that were like, you know, don't say that. Or, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And I just want you to know that God is not afraid of your feelings. God is not going to be thrown off by you being angry. But if we don't get control of the bitterness, if we don't get control of the resentment, it will grow. It will fester. It will will deepen its roots if we're not careful. And I can't necessarily say that I was bitter. But... I do know that there were times where I felt jaded and if I wasn't careful, I would have an apathetic attitude and I'd be like, okay, whatever, or yeah, sure, God's going to do it. And, and, And we say things mechanically, we say things robotically, not realizing that we're not saying it in true faith. We're just saying it just to be saying it. So now our words are empty. We're saying it, but there's nothing there really. And I remember being in that place in my own walk, even before meeting my current fiance. And I really had to ask God, God, help me. When I realized what was going on and I saw that my attitude was changing and I was beginning to have what I call the don't care spirit. (laughs) My God, I don't want to be that way. I don't want bitter and resentment to fester in my heart to where I stop believing what you can do, to where I stop trusting you, to where I'm like, you know what, God, whatever. If you do it, fine. If not, I don't care. Where did we lose our expectancy? And for a lot of us, you may be like, well, I've been waiting for so long. I've been waiting for so long, I've prayed for so long, I've been faithful so long, I've been serving God, I've been staying committed, I've kept my standards, I've kept my boundaries. But I'm starting to wonder, is it all worth it? Because now I'm feeling resentful because I see other people getting blessed in this area of relationships. And it may not necessarily be relationships, it may be other areas of life where you see people are thriving when it looks like you're struggling. It feels like you're struggling. It feels like every time you take 10 steps forward or take one step forward, you get an op- 20 steps back and you're like what is going on God what did I do did I do something wrong <laughs> did I do something wrong tell me it reminds me of Job when he was like God did I miss something here what have I done what have I done to deserve this so imagine Naomi's hurt imagine Naomi's pain you could probably very well resonate with that in your own life and she's like, don't call me Naomi. I can imagine. I'm sure when we read the Bible, we don't necessarily read it from, you know. I sometimes read the Bible like a movie. So I can just imagine Naomi having an attitude like, and people, they see her coming back. And like, oh my gosh, Naomi, we're so happy to see you. It's been so long. She's like, don't call me Naomi. You know, just that sharp tone. Like, don't call me that. Call me Mara. It's like, how did they respond? Now, now the Bible doesn't tell us how the people responded to that. But I can imagine they're like, okay. Um, all right, uh, Mara. Uh, sorry to offend you. Sorry. We, we didn't mean anything by it. But just the defensiveness. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can only imagine how that conversation went down. Because again, the Bible only tells us what we need to know. It doesn't really go into every single detail to where we get to see the heart of these People that lived back then during that time. They're not just characters in a book. These were real people with real lives, real hurt, real pain. So I can imagine Naomi probably being a little bit snappy. Like, don't call me that. Don't call me that. Call me Mara because the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I left full and I'm coming back empty. You ever see a movie where you see a character like that and, like, oh, wow, like. Like, okay, you know, I didn't mean for the conversation to take this type of a term. We, we were just welcoming you back, Naomi. But she's experiencing this pain. She's experiencing this resentment. And I can only imagine if Naomi shared that in her own quiet time with God in prayer. Losing, again, the man that she thought she was going to spend the rest of her life with. Losing her children. Boys that she loved and raised. Boys that... You know, she saw as toddlers, boys that she fed and take and she took care of them when they were sick, then to lose them. So now she's like, I have nothing left. I have nothing left. So when she hears that famine is no longer going on in Bethlehem, she decides to go back because she's like, there's nothing left for me here in Moab. There's nothing left. Not realizing that God did not bring her back empty. Again, she had no clue that God was going to use Ruth to change her life forever, to change the legacy of their family. So I say all that to encourage you. You may be going through a season that if you're not careful, like I said before, may be brooding bitterness or resentment or anger towards God because you're not where you thought you would be you've lost things that maybe you didn't think that you would lose, maybe it was a relationship, maybe it wasn't marriage, maybe you thought this relationship was going towards engagement, but then the person changed their mind, or things got tough, and the other person said, you know what, well, this is not worth it anymore, and now you feel worthless because they said that, and then you're like, wait a minute, am I worth loving? Am I worth being with? All these feelings and all these emotions, but I want you to know that despite what we may be feeling, Despite what you may be going through, God is still with you. And I'm saying that to myself as a reminder, because it's not a question of if things happen in life. We still live in a world where sin is running rampant, but we still have the upper hand because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So even when it feels like you're losing, and it may very well look like it in the natural God can still turn that thing around to work out for your good. And no, it didn't bring Naomi's husband back. No, it didn't bring her sons back. But God still turned her world around using Ruth. Because when Ruth has her son, after Ruth and Boaz get married, and Ruth has her son Obed, Naomi, I'm sure, loved that little boy. Loved that little boy. Even people said, and think in chapter four, you know, how, you know, Ruth was worth more than seven or ten sons, however, it's phrased in chapter Four, but when the people saw how God blessed and how Naomi loved Obed, I'm sure like her own, to where she it says, um some translation says that she carried him to her bosom, took him into her bosom, or became his nurse maid, in a sense, and just the love I'm sure that she had, like, "Wow, God, you've restored what I thought was broken." Wow, God, you, you took what I thought I lost and made things new in a different way. Not the way I pictured it, not the way I imagined, but you didn't forget about me. You didn't leave me out here to drown. So I can just imagine after Ruth had her son and she handed him to Naomi to hold for the first time, how overwhelmed Naomi must have been like, wow, God, the legacy won't die. Our family name will be carried on. You have something bigger planned for my family than what maybe I originally thought. So I just want to encourage you to not to let bitterness and resentment take over your life. Take those feelings to the Lord. Hash it out with him in prayer. For some, that may require Christian counseling because these feelings go way deeper than maybe what you imagined. It may require, you know, dealing with that trauma, dealing with that hurt and that pain. And... You may really need to get in there with, some, with the help of someone else to really deal with it. But I want you to know that God can heal the deep wounds of our heart. God is not afraid to deal and touch the places that most people would probably say, oh, that's not that bad. But God knows how deeply this is hurting you. God knows what you're going through. So, Lord, thank you for those that are listening right now. Father, I pray that we just surrender these feelings of bitterness and anger to you. I don't know, Father, who needs to hear this, whether it's a woman feeling bitter because she's getting older with no prospects as of right now, what it looks like to be pursued in marriage. Or I pray for the man, Father, who's been pursuing, who's continuing to put himself out there, but women are friend zoning him. He doesn't feel like he'll ever find the right one. Maybe he feels like he's being used because she only cares about material things and not the man himself. Father, I don't know, but Lord, you do. And Father, I pray that we would not allow bitterness to take root any longer, that we will not allow its roots to grow deeper, that we will not allow it to make us become jaded and apathetic to where we don't care and we lose our expectancy. God, you are still working miracles. God, you are still working things out on our behalf, regardless of what the enemy says, regardless of what culture says we should do. Father, help us to stay rooted in your word. That's the only thing that should have deep roots in us is your word. Everything else Father, needs to be plucked out. So, Father, pluck out the bitterness, pluck out the anger, pluck out the resentment, pluck out apathy. Father, anything that's going to make us lose our joy, Father, pluck it out. And may we be intentional not to let thoughts race in our mind that when they come like, you know what? Yes, that happened. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, this happened. But God is still with me. Yes, that didn't happen the way that I thought it would. But God is still with me. He is for me. He is not against me. I am who he says that I am. Father, I pray that we would that we would rehearse your word more than we rehearse our problems. I pray that we, that we would repeat your word more, more than we repeat our problems and what we're going through and everything that seems to be going wrong father i pray that we would speak your word more than what we see and even if we don't see it clearly even though we may not see the in between father i pray we just trust you with the next step and then the next step and then the next step And then the next step, we just keep putting one foot in front of the other. One foot at a time, God. This is not something that we have to rush through. But you are with us every single step of the way. So Holy Spirit, heal. Heal the pain. Heal, Father. Heal right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that that encouraged you. I hope it blessed you. You can definitely find the blog post to this later on this week on the Christian Singles Hub at thechristiansingleshub.com. Join the Facebook group if you're looking for more community. And if you want even more exclusive online community, there's the Christian Singles Hub Insiders. But all that info is on the website, thechristiansingleshub.com. So you all stay blessed, stay safe. I'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one. Bye.